are listening to the Therefore a Geek podcast, episode 74. everybody and welcome to therefore a geek i'm andrew i'm wearing sunglasses at night and i'm tracy and this week we are talking about san diego comic-con trailers we're talking about brie larson's casting as uh carol danvers and we are also going to talk about star trek and star trek star trek discovery the teaser trailer with a very interesting looking piece of art i.e the ship and then we're also going to talk about the big new Star Trek movie that opened this weekend. So, yeah, let's take it away. Star Trek Beyond. Don't Star go Trek be- Beyond. Going, I, man, I, I, when we get to that, i got to figure out what that title actually meant. Like Beyond what? Right. Obviously into the arachnid quarantine zone. <laughs> Whatever that was. So this is comic book or Comic Con weekend down here in San Diego, or where I am in San Diego. You guys are on the East Coast. Right. Uh, I, I didn't get tickets for it, so I didn't go in. But we did take a trip downtown uh, Friday and Saturday just to see the area because the gas lamp basically gets taken over by Comic-Con. And I don't consider it part of the convention. I just see it as an attachment to it. And my friend and I had like an argument about it. He's like, no, we're going to Comic-Con. I was like, no, we're not going to Comic-Con. We don't have badges. We're not getting to the convention center. We're not at Comic-Con. We're just in a really nerdy version of the gas lamp district. That's really it. So has this friend ever actually been to a convention before? Oh, yeah. Like this thing, he's been going since he was a toddler, right? He's been going, so, he's so been then, going then longer he, than you and I. Then he should understand this, how this works. Yeah, he's slow. But <laughs> that was that. was that. So the trailers, we've got a bunch of them to talk about. This is great. Wonder Woman, Doctor Strange, Justice League, and Star Trek Discovery. I guess King Arthur doesn't really count. It just happened to come out over the weekend. Yeah. But real quick, I think what's funny about this is we were talking a month ago, maybe two months ago, about how a bunch of studios were trying to were starting to avoid uh, Hall, Hall H. H. Right. And then we get a whole bunch of t- trailers, and not bad this year. This, this is this, compared. I think compared to last year, this is a better year for for this kind of stuff. But yeah, I think they I were think prepared. It was also Fox that was avoiding it, right? And I don't think I don't think they dropped anything. I don't think Fox has anything weekend. to drop this right now. That's, that's no, I think also the only, very true, yep. The only thing they were going to uh, show off was Assassin's Creed, I think. That was really about it. This is this this convention apparently has been all Star Trek all the time. That's That's been the big, yeah. the big thing. That makes sense. So, wait, so I have one question for you wandering around the Gaslamp District. Um, are you able to get into, if you don't buy a ticket to San Diego Comic-Con, but you happen to be in the city at that time, are you mm-hmm. able to go to the cool other parties without the tickets, like the Nerd HQ and all those other cool stuff? Uh, cool so we, yes, but you have to get a wristband to get into, you have to like pay separately to get into Nerd HQ. And okay. we, we tried and it was, I wasn't familiar with it, but the guy we, I was with was, and that line wrapped around the block. 
And I was like, I was like, no thanks. Don't, yeah. don't care enough. Yeah. You're, you're able to get into the, the hotels and the game rooms and stuff like that. So we went to the Nintendo lounge, went to the board game lounge for a little bit. That was really about the extent of what we did. We, we saw like the South Park outside display that was really just a bunch of photo opportunities. It really wasn't interactive. And I mean, I just wasn't that engaged with it. The only big thing that we really did while down there Friday and Saturday is we saw this uh, productions, these two productions. One was called The Phantom of the Empire Return of the Opera, and the other one was called Les Midge. And you may have heard this on NPR, or it might have just been the local San Diego NPR did a, did a thing on it. What, what, what those both were uh, was they took the music of the Phantom of the Opera and just jammed the story of Star Wars into it. So it's Star Wars with the music of the Phantom of the Opera, done, done very tongue-in-cheek. And then the nice. other one was called Les Midge, and it was The Hobbit done to the music of Les Miserables. That's awesome because I, especially the, I love Phantom of the Opera and of course I love Star Wars. So having that as a mashup, that sounds really fun. It was fun. Uh, the first one they, apparently last year, the first one they tried was Les Midge. And you can see that this was like a concept piece that they were just trying it. It was a little slapstick, a little silly, uh, a little rough around the edges. Whereas Phantom of the Empire was a little more fine-tuned. It, it felt like, okay, they've figured this out a few times. They, they've, they've figured out what works. They've got the beats and the timing done a little bit better. So I'd say the Phantom of the Empire was a little more cleaner, even though Les Mis is like my favorite musical ever, and I love the music to it. But I, I yeah. would have to say Phantom of the Empire was a better done production. And I, I mean, it's not like these were big productions anyway. This was at this place called the Jeffrey Off-Broadway Theater. Super minimalist set. With like you know, R two D two was a girl in a skirt with like a, a flashlight on her head, and and rolling around on a scooter going boop boop beep boop boop, like doing that for like the first yeah. scene, and then C three PO is like stop it, I you can speak English, and she starts to talk, so it was it was pretty good, but that was really the extent of our con experience because I just didn't bother getting tickets this year because they yeah. vanish immediately, and I and this year I didn't try to sneak in. Because apparently they have badge scanners. Whereas last year I faked it. Badge scanners. I heard something about bad skinners and I was very confused. I don't even want to know what that means. I yeah, right? Exactly. So anyway, trailers. <laughs> All right. So, so got... I have a con I have a confession though. So I was able to see um, Wonder Woman and I was able to see uh, what's the other one? Guys, the other DC Justice League. Thank you, but I was really drunk at the time, and mm -hmm. I mostly remember Wonder Woman, and I know I laughed at Aquaman. I kind of so. want to hear what tra like hear Tracy describe them now. Like, yeah, right. Trailer through the eyes. Of, trailer through the eyes of a drunk. <laughs> well, well, everything goes really fast, and you guys know I have ADD. So the more that I drink, the more um, background stuff sort of pops out at me, and I have a hard time concentrating on. On, so if I'm in a bar and I've had two or three drinks, then I can hear the music really loud. And in fact, when I first started drinking, as I was an adult when I first started drinking. And so we would go to a club and I would always look at my friends about an hour or two in and say, they turn the music up. Why do they always do this? And they would go, they didn't turn the music up, Tracy. It's just, I don't know what's wrong with you. Well, then You're I drunk, figured Tracy, out. Go home. Yeah, basically. So watching 
uh, basically everything in Justice League just sort of flew by me. It was a it was a lot going on. Um, Justice Aquaman, League was also a short trailer. It was a short yeah. trailer. Aquaman looked. I ugh, he looked right. weird. I I wasn't impressed, and I love Jason Momoa. He's like my future husband. So, <laughs> um, and then I remember the Flash. I was very upset in sort of a weird way about the fact that they just didn't get the Barry Allen from the show. So that made me I like I was really upset about that. I talked about that for probably ten minutes afterward. I was really upset. That's all I remember. And then <laughs> Wonder Woman is hot. Let's just yeah, she's gorgeous. I mean, I like That's... the the Justice League trailer. Just basically looks like. Bruce Wayne has walked his way into Moby Dick, and then Jason Momoa <laughs> shows up. He's like, "What are you doing?" And like, now, now we're gonna be in a forest, with, and it's King Arthur, and it's you know, Wonder Woman shows up. It's just strange. And it's like yeah. we're gonna watch Jason Momoa drink scotch and get hit by a wave. <laughs> I mean, I, it's funny how they made Flash and the other guy is I think called Cyborg, if I remember right. I'm, yes. I don't want to make sure. Cyborg. They look fourteen each. Oh my god, I know. Yes, children. Yeah, and then you know, Bruce Wayne's like, I'm building a team. And I'm like, what? It sounds like he's ripping something off here. Just the way he, the way they delivered the line, it was like, I'm, I'm building a team of specially, people with special skills or something like that. It's like, is he basically building a team of Liam Neesons? <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's the A-team. Yeah. DC style. Yeah, I mean... Justice League to me felt like it, like all right guys here is literally everything we have shot that's worth sh- that's worth showing to human beings, and, it's and we're gonna, right and we're gonna call One it a trailer. And Fifteen seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's either that or it's everything we cut out of Super- Batman versus Superman. We just made another film. That's also possible. I'm looking forward to the Wonder Woman. That looked that was a pretty badass trailer. It really was. I'm curious as to what they're gonna make Wonder Woman do in this one. Because, like, it's Wonder Woman. She's about as powerful as Superman because she, like, straight up fought Darkseid or uh, uh, Doomsday. Okay. And now it's like she's going to fight Germans in World War One. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm all for period setting. However, knowing that Cap- the first Captain America set in World War Two didn't do as well. Yeah. I'm a little hesitant on this one. So is that going to be the whole movie, or is that just one of the focuses? I mean, it looks like the whole movie. Who it looks like the whole movie. I mean, it, other than that weird female character with the mask and the crack in it, I had, and I have no idea who that is. I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you if I wanted to uh, who that was. Uh, Madam Mask, maybe. I'm gonna have to defer you on that one. I really don't. Maybe I can't remember if that's a Marvel character or not. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, she's gonna. Wonder Woman could win World War One by herself. That's Doctor Manhattan in Vietnam right there. So I'm not really yeah. sure. I'm sure something will come up later on. I mean, Chris Pine is in it. Uh, and, and that was her. so. That was so odd to me too because, um, yeah, Chris Pine. I don't know. Chris Pine's not my favorite actor. I he agree. just always looks like himself, and he acts like himself. And he, I don't know. I look like myself most of the time too. But uh, the other 30% of the time, I'm totally different. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So I was thinking of, um, oh, I don't know, pick somebody. George Burns. Yeah, George Burns, yes, sure, George Burns. <laughs> no, I was thinking more like, 
Uh, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a blank. The the he always Morgan he Freeman. used to play gangster Morgan Freeman. Okay, <laughs> Morgan Freeman. He, he looks different sometimes. Um, Bruce Willis. You could see him in different things, and he doesn't always look exactly like himself. I don't know. It, well, it, that, that's because he's just had making ha- stuff up right now. He, he had hair, like, and now he doesn't have hair. Bruce, Bruce Willis looks like Bruce Willis. That's why you cast Bruce Willis. What are you talking about? Unless you put makeup on, you look like you. Okay. I guess I should include like the whole acting ability. Like, if if you can act and make me convinced that you are a different character this time than you were the last time I saw you in a movie, that was a whole different person. Then I think you're a decent actor. Chris Pine always looks like, and acts exactly like Chris Pine. He's well, I mean, in the last three movies, he's character. been in the last three movies, he has been the same character. So you know. I mean, no, I'll give I'll give you that much. I mean, I'll say this: Wonder Woman, it looks good. It looks pretty yes. sleek. And the Amazons look pretty good. And, and Gal Gadot looks fantastic. She's just yep. gorgeous. But setting it in World War One and making the Germans the bad guys again, it was like, it was like okay, we're, okay, fine, more Germans. But now it's like World War One bad guys. We're not even doing Nazi Germans. We're doing World War One bad guy, uh, Germans. Does anyone like, remember that they were called the Huns? No one? No. That was the nickname in World War II. Well, that, was, that, was, yeah, that was like, that was the pejorative for Germans was the Huns. The, the Huns weren't actually German. They're from the steppe. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't know. Did I don't know what you guys, Did either of you guys see Doctor Strange? I didn't realize another trailer had dropped, so I did not see that before the podcast. Yeah, so the Doctor Strange trailer, the new one just came out, and that one I have as over the weekend also on the 23rd. I love how these trailers always start with the slow piano music now. Almost all of them are doing it. And now this is no, as, this opposed, is no as, as opposed to the angry bus fart. Yeah, we've got we've gotten rid of angry bus fart and we've moved and into slow wall. piano. That is yeah. the angry bus fart. That's it. Oh, that's what they call that? Well, that's what, that's we what call I call it. Never... Yeah, it's oh. the angry bus fart. I have, a, I have an app on my phone that does it. Angry bus fart all day. I also have uh, the app on the, the same app does the goddamn Wil- Wilhelm scream, and it just pisses my friends off so much. Nice. All day. All day. <laughs> That's horrible. I'm glad that you don't live on this coast. <laughs> For that reason alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is... I mean... All right, let's get back to it. I mean, this looks pretty cool. Doctor Strange is not a character I'm overly familiar with. The movie does look pretty slick, kind of like Inception on Roids. And Benedict Cumberbatch looks like he's pulling it off, although he still sounds like Hugh Laurie's house to me. He's just like, Benedict Cumberbatch is like, all right, which accent am I going to use? I'm going to do house. And that's that's what I'm sticking with. And then it's the bad guy, at least with the eyes. I've seen him before. Who is that dude? He's a bad guy in all things. He's like always a bad guy. You're talking the black guy? No, not the black guy. The dude with the... He, it's, a, it's Hannibal. It's the dude who played Hannibal. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember the name. I know you're talking about. Anthony. Something. Anthony Hopkins. No. No, not that. Not that Hannibal. New Hannibal. Not Not that Hannibal. He's Anthony Hopkins. Oh, 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 oh. Um, Madge Madge Mickelson. Yeah, him. He also was the the bad guy in uh, Casino Royale, the Bond movie. Right. He's La Chifra in in Casino Royale. Perfect. Yeah, this looks kind of cool. I mean, I might just, I'd be into it just to see how trippy it gets. It does. It, you are absolutely right with the Inception thing. When um, I was talking to a couple of my friends this weekend about what was coming up and what we were excited to see, and 
one of my friends and and I both were talking about how very much Doctor Strange looks a little bit like Inception. How very much a little bit it looks like Inception. Yes. How very exactly. much so little. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it'll be cool. Yeah. I'm not a huge Benedict. I know, right? Andrew's shaking cool. his head. <laughs> as he so often does with me. There's other big news out of San Diego as well. Um, we have our Ms. Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. yes. Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, yes. Explain the difference between Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel real quick. Okay, so mind. originally Captain Marvel was a male character, was a Cree alien named Marvel because we're not creative in comics at times, especially the 70s. Uh, <laughs> characters died and come back a few times, is currently gone. Uh, but Carol Danvers, who is Miss Marvel, got her powers from Captain Marvel. And three years ago, right about this time of Marvel Now, um, adopted the moniker of Captain Marvel instead of Miss Marvel. So that's kind of where we're at. So, yeah, so Brie Larson has been announced as as Captain Marvel, which I, I think that should be interesting. Very um, good actress. If you haven't gotten a chance to see her in the very small but uh, Oscar-winning room, I would suggest seeing it. it it's definitely worth your time. And for those of us who might not have seen that movie, she was also Envy Scott, in Scott Pilgrim's Pilgrim. ex, in, yeah, in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. She, that's, she does this. Okay, that's how I knew. I yeah, was like, I knew that. She does the song by Metric uh, yeah. from Scott Pilgrim, and yeah. she looks also, cute oh. in the photo that she posted on Twitter with the hat and stuff. She's cute. Yeah, I mean, she's not cute in Room, but she also plays someone who's been trapped in a shed right. for seven years, but. She, oh, I was going to pull up the same people who wrote it uh, are going to try and write it. Uh, Meg Lef oh, crap. Me not being able to pronounce names again. Lafove, Lavav, and Nicole Perlman are the Inside Out scribes, and they're going to start writing it. And right now, we don't have a director. So if this is early, early, early yeah. announcements, it is set to hit theaters, at least according to Variety, March 8th, 2019. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize it was that far out until I looked it up. Uh, earlier today, and I was like, I was a little disappointed. Like, I was, I was kind of hoping for her to have some kind of little something in Guardians Two. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guess not. Well, I don't know. They might shoehorn it in if she's already been cast. Yeah, if they got the costume ready, just throw her in there. Why the hell not? Quick yeah. cameo. I mean, Guardians does do the cameos pretty well, so. Um. Yeah. So then, we also had the teaser trailer for star trek discovery which is I mean, the new super CBS show. super teaser teaser trailer well, no, like no, no. Oh, so short. I, mean, I mean we say that but this is actually teaser number two because the first right. one was literally just the star trek logo and i think the, the statement of coming soon coming soon 2017 and i was like you fucks <laughs> right i sat th i sat through like you know a minute and a half of of dissolve for the for the for the logo and that first teaser teaser and i was so pissed so we got a name. It's it's Star Trek's Discovery, and that it's about the ship of the USS Discovery. We do we have? It, there was a big panel at Con. It was the Star Trek 50th anniversary panel. Michael Dorn was there. Jerry Ryan was there. Brett Spiner was there. Shatner was there. I think Scott Bakula was there. He and was. the new show, yeah, the new showrunner was there. Did they did they say where this was set? Did you catch that? Because I wasn't I able to get. I I feel like it's gonna it's somewhere in. In or around the original series, and I base that on a the ship, the ship design, the ship look, 
And mm-hmm. if you look, the whole number is one zero nine something. You don't catch the last digit. Mm-hmm. And Enterprise obviously is seventeen oh one. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it's uh, the moderator for the panel was uh, Brian Fuller, who's the new showrunner. The only reason why I, I, I harp on it is because when Netflix was announced that outside the U.S. and Canada it was going to carry the show, the article referred to it as a reboot. We posted it on our Facebook page. And I was like, I wonder, I wonder if that was a, if that was a mistake on the part of the the ad or the headline calling it a reboot, or yeah, I, I feel like that's a mistake, right? Because um, it's at least, at least according to what I've read, this is set in set in the prime Star Trek universe. Okay. So the same same universe as all the other shows and movies, with the exception of the new the new three, right? And interestingly enough, not necessarily related to. Uh, how it is going to be, or what the story entails, right? Is it's going to be the the pilot's going to be released online or on on CBS, and then basically it's going to go to only being on CBS All Access. It's going to be like a digital right. only, right? So, are you be... paying separate for that? Then you have to pay like with the Amazon thing where you pay for the show. Probably. Okay. That could be that could be interesting, and it really points to this idea that shows are are moving on more and more into the digital format, allowing people to watch whenever they feel like it. Um, I well, know with also it's yeah. they've actually said it's going to be much less. It's not going to be an episodic kind of show. So in terms of like the the Daredevil and Jessica Jones and a lot of the Netflix kinds of stuff, where it's they describe it as chapters out of a novel, basically. Yeah, it's like nice. story arcs over the course of a couple episodes, which I I really like. That's one of the things that got me to stop watching TV was just the episodic nature of of yeah. television. I was like, I'm t- just I'm just so bored with it. I don't like everything being wrapped up in a neat little bundle at the end of a hour long or half hour episode. I will say this though, I just think in that tr- teaser, yeah, I mean the graphics it's for a television show, so the CGI isn't going to be that great. But I just think the ship looks dopey. I just really don't like the design of the ship at all. See, it, it, to me, it doesn't really bother me. I was mentioning earlier, you know, it's ba- at least it's loosely based on the Ralph McQuarrie designs from Star Trek Phase Two back in the seventies. Uh, basically, they were going to do a second Star Trek series, and. After a while, they decided to just not do a second series, and that that actually is what led to Star Trek: The Motion Picture. So these were kind of concept art designs for what the for what the Enterprise would look like after a refit. Uh, obviously, we ended up with a very different looking Enterprise than what Macquarie did. Uh, but you know, you know, for first concept, you know, they wanted to do something different. So yeah, that's that's where they're getting this from. So. What did you think, Tracy? Of this most recent teaser trailer? Of the ship itself. Oh, of the ship itself. Well, I mean, the back end of it looked a little large. It, it, I don't know. The kind of the baby got back. Baby does got back. Okay. Um, but kind of the idea behind the currently. So first of all, you need to know I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. I've watched a few of the movies. I've watched a few episodes here. Mostly, mostly because I forced you to. That's oh, essentially it, yeah. Tracy, you don't need to be a scholar in this. You looked at the ship. Did it look cool to you or not? Well, no. 
it didn't look cool, but I'm, I'm okay. giving you my understanding of the original is that the disc would separate from the bottom part, and then they could use the bottom part to go down to the planet and you know look around that kind of thing. And that just doesn't make sense here because the other no. the two pieces are almost the same size. <laughs> that's that's no. <laughs> and, and and to be perf- to be perfectly honest, that's so they, they the entire creation of the transporter was so they didn't have to do that because it cost too much fucking money. To separate the two pieces. To model for, them for the to ship model. for the for the yeah. show, it would yeah. cost the show too much money to do all that every week to have them like land part of the ship and come back. So that's why they invented the transporter. Oh, well, there you go. Did yeah. not know that at all. Nope. Okay. Well, either way, I I wasn't. I don't think that I hated it as much as Dude did. I don't I think I hate it, it looked it all that look cool. Good. Just look cool. That's yeah. all. It just don't look good. Well, I mean, also. You know, a few people hate things quite the way the dude hates things. I never said I hated it. <laughs> I was accused of saying that about Ghostbusters. I didn't hate Ghostbusters. Guys, Man, people, you just pe- seen the people, you hear it. You heard it first. Dude hates the ship. <laughs> Man, you should have seen the Facebook fight I got into over Ghostbusters. It was pretty. Dear Lord. Epic. It was. It was pretty. Epic. Is it still up there? Uh, I mean, it wasn't on our page. It was on like a friend's page. Of just, oh. And he, he just lost his bananas, and it was. It went on for like two hours, and me being the freaking transgressive internet, internet troll that you are, that I am, I was sitting by my phone just with glee every time it would alert. I'm like, oh, what did he say now? And I'm just shitting on him. <laughs> he, he invoked the tomato meter, and I was like, did you just invoke the tomato meter in an argument about a movie? There's got to be a Godwin's law rule about when you evoke. The tomato meter, you immediately lose this discussion. Nice. It's, it's got to be. It's got to be. So, all right. So well, my, my browser freaks out completely. Let's transition into the movie. Right. So, yeah. So we said we're going to talk Star Trek and then Star Trek. And uh, Star Trek, the second thing we're talking is Star Trek Beyond, which is obviously the new the new release of the the last of the, the three reboot films. Uh, I think that changed. Did it really? Didn't, didn't we? Didn't I was trying to pull it up, but I can't. I believe that they they scheduled a fourth one within the last couple of days with the same cast. Well, obviously minus one, unfortunately. Yeah, I I think so. Oh crap! I meant to look that up before we we started recording. But if I remember right, yeah, they want a fourth one, and this time Kirk's dad comes back. Yep, it's a go on Deadline.com. Cinema, cinema uh, Variety Cinema Blend are um, all Cinema Blend. Cinema. Cinnamon yeah. blend? See, no, that's a whole different thing. Um, Tracy's thinking about food again. Focus. I always Focus, am. woman. I always am. Uh, yeah, it says that fourth Star Trek movie, A Go at Paramount. Yeah. So, yep, there it is. Chris Pine will be back. Huh. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. <laughs> you sound so thrilled. So, Star Trek Beyond, the third of the J.J. Abrams reboot. What, is, what, are, this, what are they calling this Wait. universe now? The Calvin universe? The Kelvin universe? I'm not even sure, but it wasn't. J.J. Abrams didn't direct this one. He didn't direct this one. That was Jason Lynn, but this is. He's the executive producer. He's boss man of this project. He also directed the first two. Yeah, so this is. Did you guys hear that his wife saw his first Star Trek movie and literally told him to knock it off with the lens flares? I'll throw that in the show notes if I can find that. But yeah, his wife actually called him out. Somewhere somewhere there is actually J.J. Abrams apologizing for for too much lens lens flare. I felt so vindicated about that because man, was I pissed about the lens flare in that movie. It was. Yeah, it YouTube, was insane. 
there's a YouTube video out there somewhere, and it was like, what if J.J. Abrams directed this? And it's like different movies of like Titanic <laughs> with a ton of lens flare or Terminator 2 with a ton of lens flare. It's the exact same films, just they just add a bunch of freaking lens flare. Nice. That's hilarious. Yeah, so in, in this uh, installment of the new Star Trek universe, the Enterprise is sent out to investigate a what appears to be a downed ship. A sole survivor appears, tells them that her ship was attacked. They go out to investigate it, and you saw from the trailer, the Enterprise gets hosed, and the entire movie is them basically trying to escape from the planet that the, well, remnants of the Enterprise crashed on while fighting the villain Crawl, played by Idris Elba. What did you guys think of this? I got to see it this morning at a Sunday matinee. My theater was almost 50-60% full. I was kind of surprised, and they kind of dug it. What did you think? Yeah, in general, I think overall I liked it. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the deeper reasons, the deeper stuff here in a minute, but I think there were some, some directorial shit show choices. There were some... There were some there were some scenes in there that were that could have been really a lot better that were just fucking awful, and there I think there were some some other mind, like lesser problems with the film. But overall, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. It was certainly better than I anticipated it being. I kind of agree with that. I would say that it's a solid installment into this re- reboot series. Is it a stellar film? Am I, as a non Star Trek fan, going to buy it? No, I'm not. But I think that if you like Star Trek and, you know, you're, you're the type of person that wants, I think that you, would, you could feel perfectly confident in your decision to go purchase this movie when it comes out on Blu-ray. So um, I, I, we did go to the matinee uh, on Friday, so we didn't really have a very full theater, although we did have a very responsive theater. So there were a lot of, in fact, it was kind of annoying. There were a lot of people talking to the screen, um, nodding along, talking, um, you know, you could gasping, res, re, really responding and interacting with the movie. Uh, I think our our group was kind of unsure of whether we were actually watching. We were in a theater with a good projector because it was a little dark, and I, I think it was too dark for it to be a movie thing. I think that we may have even been watching on a three D in a three D theater in which they had just played a two D movie, so they shut off one of the projectors, so we had less light. Huh. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I can't say that my issues with the darkness of the film or even some of the sound were because of the movie itself. I'm, I'm thinking we were in a bad theater. So. Yeah, you might've been in a bad theater because I didn't have a, I didn't think visually the film had many problems in it. I, there were a couple parts where you're like, wow, this looks really stupid early on where Kirk is talking to those like little aliens or those. Oh, I thought aliens. that was awesome. That was, they, that was my well, favorite I, scene when. It, I they looked it, really bad. Yeah, I thought it was funny, but yeah, the CGI on those were a little wonky. Really wonky. But other than that, I thought the film looked pretty crisp and clean, as most of these uh, Star Trek films have been good. So the special effects were pretty good. Uh, as far as the plot goes, I was just kind of, like, underwhelmed by the whole thing. I wouldn't say it was a bad film. I think it's because I went in with really low expectations. Yeah, you, the you, trailer were, you, were really terrible. you were expecting I was a expecting shit show. To, utter mess it really wasn't there are some parts of the plot or or yeah just elements of the plot that just have big holes in them that maybe if i go back i'll understand better but when you look back at it you're like i wonder why this is the case and that's the case but overall it was just kind of a okay 
action film that happened to have the Star Trek name in it. There really wasn't anything special here. Really, can't really spoil the film because it's your typical good guys win, bad guys lose action, yeah. summer action movie. It really wasn't. That was my problem, I guess, is the main point is it's just okay. There's really nothing special here. There's no great set piece. I didn't find it particularly funny. The audience did. I, I don't think I even cracked a smile once watching this. And the cast was fine. They were pretty serviceable. I mean, really, not much I can can add to this. It was just an okay movie. So, my my main issues come from just the weirdness of the the villains in the movie. That they were just kind of strange, never got explained, and then it was kind of over. Yeah, I so said my, my two complaints were one, especially towards the beginning, like the destruction of the Enterprise. There was a lot of really bad shaky cam. Uh, yeah, like like that. like Muhammad Ali was holding the goddamn camera. <laughs> yeah, Muhammad well, Ali, Michael J. Actually, Fox is shooting says shooting second. Well, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think Muhammad <laughs> Ali could hold the camera. It would be really he still because he's dead. <laughs> Didn't he recently passed? That'd be I... the perfect, the best steady cam ever. <laughs> this yeah, yeah, I mean, so I think there were there were a number of shots in that that could have, I think, looked better. Um. And and the other thing, kind of like what you alluded to, I think the villains needed some more explanation. I I actually could have used a little bit more, a little bit more of a monologue from Idris Elba about what he wants and yeah, what what his motivations were at all. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Usually, I absolutely hate it when the villain explains to the hero what he's doing. And after walking out of this film, like, well, we kind of needed that scene because I had no idea what the hell. Yeah. The best thing I could ascertain was he was a soldier who went crazy and just wants now to blow shit up because he's a soldier. And I thought that's well, not fair to soldiers. No. So what? So at least what I gathered. So he he was a soldier. He was a he was a, a Mako, which if you watch Star Trek Enterprise, um, was kind of their basically their their bit group of Marines effectively uh that were just basically disbanded when the federation was actually formed and so this guy was then given command of a starship the starship crashed and basically he he feels betrayed by the federation because the federation never came looking for him that so, i did catch him yeah. but so so there's my big problem there they they don't go back and get him but then they show in the movie, they show multiple times the same reel of this green footage yeah. of them apparently being rescued or not. That no, was that's where I got kind of confused. No, that's not. You're talking on the Franklin. That's not a rescue. That's just like a home movie. They're like they filmed while on their mission. Oh, OK, because that was not made clear. It was like, there they are. Here comes the shuttles. And the guy on the audio was like, well, it's about time. And I thought it, that that was them being rescued. It's about no. time we got rescued. Okay, see that wasn't clear. Yeah, no, no, and I, 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 I agree that you know, it's not. That's not very clear. Yeah, it, you know, it's one of the things. Unfortunately, I think an actor as strong as Idris Elba was a little wasted in this role because he just kind of was there. The character, you know, kind of the, the the speech was very forced, very mumbled. So like. You know, there wasn't there wasn't just wasn't a whole lot for him to do with the character. Yeah, and then we're to assume that okay, so this is a crashed ship. They find technology, 
that turns them into something else. Kind of thin head monsters with sharp yeah, teeth. Something else. Yeah. And then, and then they can turn back. If they absorb humans and I get it was just strange. I couldn't figure it out. And then he's like, Oh, here's this weapon that the ancient ones use. Like who, right. who, who are the ancient ones and how did you know that? And what? And then you've got a crew from a ship that you know could only maybe be a few hundred but he's got this what appear to be millions of ships at his disposal they can't all have people in them can they yeah like, there's a was... lot that just was weird yeah no that although yeah they're, they're, they're... And all these things are indestructible like they just they can ram stuff yeah. and like they just don't break but if you shoot i just it was strange. There's a lot of just stuff you had to take really on face value if you thought about it. it was like, this is kind of dopey. Yeah. And then the way they destroy them towards the very end is they use radio waves and the Beastie Boys. There's just stuff that was bizarrely out of place that I just, why are the Beastie Boys and NWA yeah. and a motorcycle in this? It just seems silly. And you probably noticed it as they're destroying these bee ships or the bees that they call them in the movie they literally turn into a wave that the franklin surfs yes yes did you know and, and i was just you this is getting and again the director is from the fast and furious franchise so it's not much of a surprise it just felt terribly out of place yeah it just felt goofy yeah now one of the things i did really like about this film is it I don't know, brought back, but it, it significantly reinforced the Kirk, Spock, McCoy yeah. relationship. Because for the first two films, and this is something that Abrams consciously did, is it was Kirk and Spock, and he replaced McCoy to a large extent with Uhura. And I always felt like that, certainly, I, I, you know, I have no problem with them, you know, more incorporating Uhura, you know, as a female lead. But I felt that that particular, that, that triangular relationship there was really one of the, the the linchpins that held the original series and the original films together, and it was the, nice. The, tr the friendship, not the love triangle, is what you yes, mean. Yes, okay. yeah, the, that friendship that you know that really a, a kind of a brotherly, especially like the the banter between Kirk and Spock, or not um between McCoy and Spock. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was fun. That's always been one They're of my favorites, and I think of the new cast, I think Carl Urban does the best at channeling the original character. Um, this is Just in general, he he really impressed me with his acting in this one. Well, yeah, I was going to say, this is the first one I've really actually enjoyed Zachary Quinto as Spock, and I really disliked him in the first two. And I, I'm, I liked him much more in this one. And, again, I mean, Carl Urban was still just spot on to Forrest Kelly bones. See, I, I have a general problem with that, is that... Carl Urban now is basically anchored to imitating DeForest Kelly, which I, I don't think is a good to, good for any actor or any franchise to do. And just on a personal level, I didn't find their banter amusing or entertaining at all. I just found it annoying. I just it was overall I didn't enjoy any of that. Like even the Simon Pegg and that little alien friend that he has. Just, yeah, I've never cared for this, the little alien. I didn't like any of that. And Honestly, I always forget Simon, he exists. Simon, every every movie I'm, I watch it and I go, oh, right, that guy. Simon right. Pegg I, is, is one of my least favorite ones in this one, actually. And I really enjoy Simon Pegg, but I don't think he does Scotty particularly well. He wrote this one. He co-wrote this he one. He did, I know. 
Yeah. Which, I is, will which say... is probably why Scotty has a bigger role in this one. Right. <laughs> I actually really liked the character Jayla. The white didn't and black. Care, didn't care for her at all. Yeah, I, I kind of figured you guys weren't going to like her all that much, but I, I, I thought just, she was really cool looking, and I liked her attitude, and she often stole scenes for me. I think she was interesting looking, but at the same, like, she didn't really stand out to me. I, I didn't dislike her, but I was kind of just unimpressed. Apparently she learned kung fu while being isolated on the Franklin for her entire life. <laughs> so somewhere along the line, she just self, she taught herself Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Good for her. I mean, everybody's got to have a hobby. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, again, it was just to me. I was just underwhelmed by it. I, for me, a Star Trek film should have some kind of moral, ethical conundrum based on some sort of science fiction premise. And the Abrams films are basically action movies. Yeah. And and then That's we talked about it last week. Yeah, and then we talked about with Ghostbusters how you know they just made it an action movie. Let's just all make them action movies, and everyone will love them. And the truth is, uh. My opinion on this doesn't matter. It made $56 million this weekend. So it did really, really well. So obviously, uh, Abrams and Paramount and company know what the hell they're doing. Because if, I guess, if we were trying to put together a Star Trek film, no one's going to freaking see it. And good for them. This was a $150 million film to make. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I would say solid entry into the into the franchise and and not much else. It's, it's, yeah, it certainly wasn't wasn't a disappointment, which which is nice. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out. I'm looking at uh, Box Office Mojo right now, trying to figure out where Ghostbusters slipped because that was kind of something we were wondering about. I saw a headline that said something like 63% drop. That's not good. I'm looking Yikes. at it right now. I see. Also, Ice Age tanked to no one's surprise. Yeah, yeah, Ice Age five of all things. Uh, light uh, Star Trek debuts up at uh, one. Let's see if we can do weekend chart. Here it is, full weekend chart. Let's just look at it real quick. Star Trek Beyond looks like its estimated weekend gross is fifty nine point six million. My mistake in almost four thousand uh, four thousand theaters. At a oh, it's excuse me, it's a hundred and eighty five million dollar budget film. Oh, jeez. Okay, and then number two is Secret Life of Pets. That's that grossed almost thirty million, twenty nine point three million. Ghostbusters now only has twenty one million in its second weekend. It's a fifty three point one percent drop on a hundred and forty four million dollar budget. We talked about that lights hurts. out the horror film with a budget of five million dollars opens with twenty one point six million. Right now, it's like well, if you want to make money, their pants. Yeah, right now, if you want to make money, you horror. And comedies. That's really where where it is. Well, in part, because even if you have a twenty million dollar opening, if you only spent five million making five or ten million dollars making the movie, guess what? Absolutely. I mean, that was the problem. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That was the problem with Tarzan. Uh, Tarzan's probably going to get saved, at least in the realm of profitability, by the foreign markets. But you know, it made one hundred and fifteen million dollars, but it's a hundred eighty million dollar film to make. Yeah. I mean, Star Trek and Tarzan were roughly the same to make. So, look, obviously, they know what the people want right now. It's Star Trek that is just another big action franchise. And that's what we did this time. I would like to have just been in space more. I thought that would have been kind of cool. I will say, like, the destruction of the Enterprise, that was fucking brutal. 
It was a cool, it was well shot scene. Yeah. I'll say that. Oh, I, I was going to say, it, it reminded me a little bit, not like at all visually, but the concept of like in Wrath of Khan, when Khan shoots up the Enterprise, it's, mm-hmm. it, he knew exactly where to hit us. Right. He knew exactly how to fuck the Enterprise. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Chop the nacelles off, break its neck, all that kind of stuff. Or yeah. cut its throat, I think he says at one yeah, he point. Says, he says cut its throat, but like the first thing, he, the first thing he does is take out the deflector array mm-hmm. and then goes for the nacelles. Right, yeah, that, I mean, it was, a, it was a nice scene. But it's like, it's Star Trek. I want to be in space. Right. I want to be in stars. I don't want to be on a planet and then a space. Although, I'll say this, that space station, the Yorktown space station. Ooh, that was cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that was, see, that's that's the cool thing you got. That's the cool thing about this series right now is you can, with with the technology, you can really make the Star Trek universe come alive. Yeah, where they were very much limited with what they could do. Although I did find it funny is they've got like holograms and iPads, and then when Kirk asks Uhura to patch him through, she literally flips, flips a, a switch. switch. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Although, although she. Like, she pulls the little red covers down and flicks them back and i'm like really okay although admittedly like having and you and i work on ships for a living like right. it's, it literally it's just picking up a mic and pushing a button like it's not like like we're making this even more complicated than it needs to be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no absolutely and i was like i get it i kind of get it but yeah i mean it just it was just okay i'm i think i'm just gonna forget about this i mean again i saw it as a matinee the theater was pretty pretty full so yeah I think Paramount Paramount has a winner this time. It won't be a Star Wars style winner, but it's it's a winner. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Not, I think that's all you can really say about this one. I mean, Sulu's gay. That was the big reveal that everyone knew going into this. At and least they did it tastefully. That was the part that disappointed me. I wanted to see full male on male action. I just wanted to see like like a scene where they're on the shuttle and they just look to their left and there there's Sulu and apparently he's into older dudes just going at it. That would have been great. I would have been, that was, because I was reading the article like Decay didn't really like the fact that they made Sulu gay and then Simon Pegg's like, no, we're going to make him gay and then they make Sulu gay and then gay activists are like, you didn't go far enough and I'm inclined to agree with them. I just want to just see some meat slapping in this movie. Yeah, I think you're by yourself. You're you're by yourself with that one. Okay. That's because I'm just more progressive than most people. <laughs> yeah, just, we'll, just... well, yeah, more progressive. We'll go with that. <laughs> it's another P word, but I'm sticking with progressive. All right, so Tracy, you want to take this one? Sure. So this week, I have been I have been on vacation, and so part of it was moving. But part of it was also doing a lot of geeky stuff. So I watched the beginning, the pilot for a new show on Netflix called The Fall that has uh, Gillian Anderson is the is the lead in it with a fairly terrible British accent. uh, But she's still hot, as always. And the thing that I like about this and the reason that it, it kind of stuck in my head is similar to what dude was referring to earlier, where it's not very episodic and She's a an investigator. She's investigating uh, a serial killer. And they're doing that kind of typical thing where you get to see the murder happening 
you know, it's flashing back and forth to the past where the murderer is stalking the victim and so forth, and he's meeting her for the first time and that kind of thing. And then you're also jumping into the present or the future, whichever, uh, where they're investigating, you know, they've got the photos of the same girl, so you know what's going on. But by the end of the first episode, he still hasn't actually done it. So it's actually spanning a couple, each storyline that she investigates spans a couple of episodes. So you kind of have a natural breaking point if you need to go do something else, or you can just, you know, binge right into the next episode, which I thought was kind of a cool concept. When she um, said also... what dude was referring to earlier, I was like, she talking about Asian butt sex? Oh, no, episodic storytelling. Got it. <laughs> right. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Every time, every time. So the other thing, I watched all seven current episodes of Preacher. So those were really good. I actually really, really enjoyed that. Uh, it's very it's very harsh. So AM or yeah, AMC has I mean The Walking Dead is still around, but I mean it's it's aging and they need a new flagship show. So I, mean, dead body, I think that dead this bodies is, are wanting to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yes. Um, so I think that there's this is probably going to be their new flagship show. And I think it's worthy. I think I think they did a great job. I it's pretty hardcore for me. I mean, obviously it's television, so a lot of stuff happens just off screen, but it's still pretty brutal. I wouldn't rewatch these episodes. Dude, you'd probably absolutely love this show. Um Super and then what watching else? with an erection, you know. Probably. Ooh. That's a that's an image I didn't want in my brain. Thanks, Andrew. And then the other thing I watched for the very first time this week was Starship Troopers. Yes. Oh, yeah, the original. Ooh. That is yeah. an awesome film. Would you just like to know more? Explosions, skits, you... explosions, bugs, titties, and just guts everywhere. Yeah. Would you that like to know think... more? Oh, yes. that was so annoying. That was so funny. Oh, I love that part. That was so cool. Also, Doogie Hauser is a Nazi. Remember, this is before was... how this is before how I met your mother. So it's Neil Patrick Harris is basically dressed as an SS officer. Yeah, this time he it's doing. Really how, how... Was. He really yeah. was. He really was. I was like, what? Um, well, yeah, that was. It's that funny because was... like Paul Vanderhoven was... like only got like a third of the way, or maybe not even a third of the way through the book, and then he just was like mad at the book's fascism, and just did his own thing. Also, like I feel like they had their budget like massively slashed too. Yeah, it felt like. It didn't have much of a budget, but it, I mean, it wasn't a terrible film. It was fun. Oh no, it, it is no, it is terrible. The... But that doesn't mean you don't. You, it can't be also awesome. There I you love go. that That's film. Exactly... That was like one of the first R-rated movies my dad took me to. It, it still like, still has a special place in my heart. I love that film. Oh yeah, I I, mean... I, I loved pointing out like so. Kurt and I were watching it together, and I kept pointing out all the cheap stuff in the in the. I was like, what is that? Is that what I think it is? Like the plastic. Uh, walls on the compound and stuff like that. Like, what? It was hey, great. So, so do you need to learn how to throw a knife if you gotta push a button to launch a nuke? He like throws the knife at the guy. <laughs> like, you cannot push the button if the hand is disabled. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah. Everyone's taking showers together. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Michael yeah. Ironsides is like, is in it, and he's like, oh, Rico, we're gonna need you in five minutes. He's like, looks, he sees the girl underneath the bed, underneath the cover, like. Make it 10. 20 minutes. Make it 20. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, Dizzy, right? That was her name? Dizzy? Yep. Diz? Yeah. Dizzy. Yeah. I also thought she was hotter than uh, uh, she, the, the pilot girl. Christina Richard, Richards? 
Oh, no, no, Denise Richards. Denise Richards, yeah. Yeah, it was Denise yeah. Richards. Oh, they're both yeah. hot. I just, Denise Richards was at that point in her career where she wasn't ready to quite get naked. I think this was pre-Wild Thing. Oh, yes, is that it what was. it was? Yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. Because um, then she does the scene in Wild Things. Damn. Yeah, I mean, Starship Troopers is who... Hang on, Tracy, did you recognize the armor? Yes, I did. I was actually looking for it because I already knew. Um, it was the from the the train job episode of Firefly. Well, no, reverse that actually. I think Firefly got it from. Starship no, Firefly Troopers. got it from Starship Troopers. It was like sitting in in Fox, you know, props prop storage Basically. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why the hell not? I mean, you've read Starship Troopers multiple times, Andrew. That's... Is it really as as fascist as, as Verhoeven thought it was? No, I mean it's a little out there. And, uh, I mean I know Highland's out there. I mean I have Moon as a Harsh Mistress, but I don't. Oh, that's a good book too. I haven't like I didn't detect. I think Verhoeven was just being a freaking European weirdo about it. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I think I think you're right. So yeah. I'm so Andrew, what have you been into? Oh. I'm still in sweat showers. Let's see. So. Um, while I was on vacation, I managed to clear my entire Kindle, and I have now completely reloaded it. With comics? <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. But, like, it, it, I basically went from the point where I had to, in order to add a new comic, I had to delete a comic. And I'm now at that point oh, again. Oh, wow. I mean, I, th I think I loaded, like, 170 comics onto it. Jeez. What was this like some of it like I, I loaded the entirety of east of west i loaded all of black science okay there's yeah, a couple that's like, there's a couple of like a couple of runs that i have i've missed out on so like i've got eight issues of guardians of the galaxy eight or nine issues of uh, one of the x-men titles stuff like that so i'm trying to catch up on stuff that wouldn't fit when i went on vacation did you catch are you fully caught up on peter pan's house no. Okay. No, it, it's all, it's I'm I, I actually have the I have the hardcover of it. Um, so I'm working through that, and then uh, I'll read, okay. and then one one whenever I get through that, I'll I'll get the rest of the issues digitally. But currently, I am I am not there yet. Okay. I think that what else I've been doing. I mean, mostly it's just been trying to get the house back in order. Yeah. yeah, we got back from from vacation and, and from the wedding and all that, and so it's uh, you know, wedding gifts. At one point, we were like we we're unpacking new dishes and stuff, and I had a pile of boxes and cardboard and packing material that was up to my hip. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. Like I'm gonna fill my garbage can about four times over in the next like two weeks. It's yeah, it's gonna take us forever yeah. just to throw all this stuff out. Dude, what about you? Uh, like I said, this week was seeing those shows downtown in the gas lamp, the, uh, the Jeffrey Off-Broadway Theater shows. Those were pretty cool. Um, other than that, I, we went to Villainous Lair, our local comic shop. They were doing a sale. And I picked up the first volume of The Max. This is the maxed out volume one from IDW. And I've been curious about what this series has been about for a while. And I never had the time to really sit down and grab it. So they have the first, volume one collects the first 12 issues of the series. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I've got some discount points. 
let me drop 25 bucks on this and see what it's like. So we read, I read through the first couple pages before we started recording. You know, it's it's weird. It's got, you know, bizarre characters. There's a guy in a purple... I don't know if it's a purple suit or he is purple. And Savage Dragon makes an appearance. And then there's a shark dude. It, Wait, Savage looks, Dragon is a comic I always forget exists. Right. Yeah, me too. So I'm, I'm interested in just seeing where the hell this goes. It looks thoroughly bizarre, which is... Which is perfectly fine for with me. And I finished part. I really need to finish part one of 1984 and start moving into part two, so I can work on finish up on our, that project I've been doing. So that's really about it. Pretty low key. Oh, what else did I see today? After I saw Star Trek, I saw The Infiltrator, which is a Brian Cranston movie where he plays a oh, yeah. customs a customs agent going undercover. It's him and Jogging Leguizamo and a couple other actors you might be familiar with. Oh, and yeah, Infiltrator, not Central Intelligence. What are you doing? Uh, who else is it? Who's who's one guy? I couldn't I couldn't remember his name. I thought I thought we were like, going after Pablo Escobar, right? They're not really. I mean, yeah, kind, it, kind of, but kind of. They're not going after Pablo Escobar per se. They're going after. Oh, it's Benjamin Pratt. Brat. That's who it was. Um, it's like Pablo Escobar's lieutenants. It's like the, Med, the Medellin cartel. Yeah, they're a part of it, but it's like his American operation they're going after. Okay. And, and not to mention the banks that helped launder the money. Like, apparently, like, the seventh largest bank in the world was helping launder money at the time. This bank called, like, BCC or something. Or hmm. BCCI or something. Uh, it, it was, um... Yeah, it was one of his top lieutenants. Escobar's top lieutenants in America. It was pretty good. It was. It was, it was a... Set in the 80s, it was 1985, so it was about 31 years ago. And it was a pretty solid uh, thriller. Eh, thriller, I don't know. Drama, thriller, historical drama. It was good. I thought it was pretty good. What are they, you know, the consensus infiltrators, compelling fact-based story, tremendously talented cast are often just enough to balance out its derivative narrative and occasional clunky execution. Eh, that sounds about right. It's pretty good. Nice. Cool. Uh, so that'll just about do it for us. Once again, folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head over to thereforegeek.com, check out our blog posts and our podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Make sure you uh, follow us and subscribe. Did you tell them that you, they can argue with us on Facebook? You can do that. Yes. You can, argue you can also this. leave argumentative comments on SoundCloud at the exact clip that you are interested in. <laughs> exact the exact moment we pissed you off. <laughs> Make sure you point it out. Right, so we've already told you guys that dude is basically an internet troll sitting by his phone. <laughs> yeah, right. So by all means, you know. Yeah, get on that. <laughs> he will fight you. I oh, have yeah, popcorn. Just... City, I, I have a popcorn in... My pantry just waiting for these moments for a moment i thought you could see a popcorn in your pants and i was just like what not the same not no. the same idea at all nope. nope nope butter popcorn makes for a weird experience <laughs> i do you actually have experience with that like do you know you're just giving me a knowing smile i'll take that as a yes okay all right this conversation just took a really weird left turn or did it? <laughs> Took the turn it was supposed to.
I got nothing after that. It's your I, turn. Yeah, no, the, yeah. well, you, I, I'm thinking you should have said that in a Zap Brannigan voice, what I was thinking. Leela, I've got waves and waves of men at your disposal, ready to die. Right, men? You suck! <laughs> God, I love that show. That is hilarious. As a complete side note that's derailing the end of the podcast, I'm naming my next cat Morbo. <laughs> yes! Awesome. So that, that's been decided. I should have named Kaylee Morbo. But, that yeah, would have been more fitting. Yep. Before I knew her personality, so. I'm going to name my, my next cat Kip just because my cats always seem to have that same depressed look on their face when I own them. <laughs> nice. So I gotta pick them up and like, eh, I just... Eh, eh. Uh, one... <laughs> uh, once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Tracy. I'm Dude. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. Erotic! Uh...